Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Luck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We're motorsports writers for the Athletic, and today we're here to talk about the Kansas race. If you're watching this on YouTube or maybe hearing some wind in the background, uh, it's because I'm sitting here in Victory Lane at Kansas Speedway. Um, Victory Lane's right outside the media center. The radio rooms were taken up, so I figured, you know what? It's a lovely, lovely day to be outside here in Kansas, except for the wind. Nice and warm. Not not your typical kind of chilly Kansas weather this time of year. And uh, the action was hot on the track. The tempers were hot as well. So lots to talk about, Jordan. Lots to talk about. Where do we start? Like, I don't know. We talk about the race itself. Do we talk about Denny's win and the Kyle Larson stuff? Do we talk about the post-race fight? Like, you t- you're there. You're on the scene. You, you, you lead us. Where are we going? Well, I want to say this first. And, there, and, the, and I think it's for many reasons that we can then go into. But this was, I mean, first of all, easily, easily the best race of the year. Good luck topping this one uh, for any race coming up the rest of the season. This was absolutely this is exactly this is what you this is why people watch nascar this is this is the kind of thing people watch nascar i mean the racing was good it was it was super competitive you had we got to see that this car once again on the intermediate tracks it was it was hard for them to handle there was lots of people spinning out um there was people with different tire strategies so we got that as part of it uh you you did have some sort of comers and goers where you know the hendrick cars would be sort of better on a short run the Gibbs cars would be better on a long run. Um, you had, you know, it was, again, like the restarts were great. Um, not just one person. I mean, re- track record number of lead changes. Uh, it beat the old record by like uh, nine or no, 11, I think at the end. Yeah, it beat, beat the old record by 11, 37 lead changes. The most um, we've ever seen uh, for a 400-mile race on a, a 1.5-mile track. Um, 11 cautions. The track record here was 15. So um, just sort of by all the metrics you go around. And by the way, those weren't, um, you know, the metrics for like uh, the, the ones that Denny doesn't like in terms of the, the green flag, you know, the loop data. That was actually real passes at the, at the, at the line, lead changes at the line. So um, just, I mean, just great. And then, you know, tempers at the end, fight on pit road. Obviously the battle, uh, the last lap battle. I mean, that whole, I mean, gosh, whatever, last 20 laps of, of them going at it, whatever it was. That was just, I mean, that was an absolute masterclass of two future Hall of Fame drivers, two of the best at what they do. I mean, there were just so many good things about this race. And um, again, like, I, why, why would what what could you not like about this race? I mean, it, you can quibble. I mean, there's little things you can pick you can pick apart a little bit. Like you could say there's too many cautions, or maybe it was too long. And I, you know, that's an argument worth having. 
But my counter to the, the number of the number of cautions, which maybe felt a little at times, was that the cars felt hard to handle. Like right. it felt like drivers were fighting for control. You want that's everything you want. You want this to be difficult. You want drivers to be on that edge, and you want them to overstep. And we talk about it all the time and how it sometimes feels like it's a little too easy. It did feel easy today. Like it felt like guys were, especially off a of turn two, were any little bit you were going to lose it and. The fact that there was tire wear, and I thought Denny Hamlin made a really good point in his press conference, uh, winner's press conference, where he said, it's just not about tire wear, where you have tire fall off. It's that there actually was a way to get away with two tires. You know, it, you, could, you could gamble and go with two tires, so it wasn't like an automatic, you have to go with four, like this is at Darlington or a Fontana. It was, no, you could gamble, and, and you could play the risk a little bit. But over the long run, it was going to backfire. You had to, you kind of had to manage a little bit, which adds a whole other layer of strategy, which is what this race had as well. And you had guys who are really good over short runs and guys who are good over long runs. And thankfully, over the, the, the last green flag run, that was a longer run where it played out, where Larson and Denny could go at it. And it was this was a race. This was everything you want in a mile-and-a-half racetrack, if, if you, in a race. If you said, what would make a great race on an intermediate track? This had this checked about every single box today, like every single box. It was fantastic. I don't even care about what happened on the post race on the fight. Like I don't that whatever. You didn't don't even care. need that. You didn't even you need don't that. Even care. Like that was a cherry on top of the Sunday. Like don't even care about that. Honestly, I don't even care that. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that, but like he, I didn't even need Denny getting into Kyle Larson. Like you know, just like that battle alone, and that these two guys, like you said, was just these master class like chess going at it, like. That's great. That is great right there. That sells itself. Now, it's great that, that you know there was the contact and the drama, and they were racing hard and not going to give, and you know all of that stuff. But you didn't need that. This was everything you want. This was a really, really exceptional, exceptional race, especially when you take into the fact this is a mile and a half racetrack. I mean, mile and a half, baby. The new short tracks, <laughs> the new everything. Like this That's is the like, thing. like I, I'm already like. I, I was walking off pit road and I was just like, man, I cannot wait to come back here for the playoff race. I mean, this, this wasn't even a playoff race. It was this good. Like, well, yeah, it, what, like what, what it's going to be like when there's, you know, advancing to a round on the line and points, you know, all that. I mean, this was just so good. I mean, this is, this is really great. I, 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 I just, anyway, listen though. No, the thing I think most, quick, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say really quick. We go back to Las Vegas, the last mile and a half racetrack and it wasn't, that good and we had a lot of questions about the next gen car and i spent i think we both agreed I, and i know i said it, and i think you agreed was that we were both very curious to see what the next mile and a half racetrack race was going to be like mm -hmm. because that was going to really kind of dictate things and whether that this this package or this car had kind of soured right and i don't feel like that anymore i feel like i feel like oh no this is great this this track like give me all of the kansas races on mile and a half i know dude i just great it's just great i mean and, and fantastic i just uh i again i kind of go back to like fire up the chicagoland uh you know fire up kentucky fire up whatever like i i'm all you know let's let's go mile and halfs baby like let's pile them on now like i know it's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah, but let's it's it's let's you know don't, no, don't pull the brakes on me no this is good <laughs> this is good stuff all right every, every playoff race needs to be at kansas apparently we, we need to talk about Noah Gregson versus Ross Chastain because that is what is going to be the hot topic and the number one talking point from this race. So uh, 
I, of course, was in the media bullpen, not expecting there was going to be a fight. So all of a sudden, um, I just hear this roar from the crowd. And because I was waiting to talk to Larson, because I thought, well, you know, what's Larson's take on this going to be? I don't know. Is he going to be mad with the contact? Is he going to think that was fair racing? Whatever. So you're waiting to talk to him. And this roar goes up, and I look, really not that far away from Larson's car, just a couple cars down. And there's a huge mob of people around. I don't know how I missed that, uh, you know, because I was just waiting for Lars to come over. Anyway, um, obviously look up on the scoreboard and what? What is going on here? Uh, Ross Chastain has gotten into it again with somebody, this time Noah Gregson. The funny thing about this, Jordan, first of all, is, you know, these guys, like, see each other every single day. They're both part of Josh Wise's <laughs> workout yes, program and stuff. And they work out together. They do all the training together. They go over, like, you know, video, all that kind of stuff. Like, they see each other all the time. So that was kind of an interesting dynamic, right? Like, that they would have some sort of a feud. I mean, they're, they're essentially, they're not teammates, but they're almost, like, co-workers in a way. Yeah. Um, they're around each other a lot. They share now, an office. So the, the other part of that is, like, when we were talking to Ross afterwards, so Ross Ross didn't talk on on pit road, media wise. He went back to taller, I think, collect himself. And uh, we were told that we might be able to get him there. Um, Ty Norris came out and sort of warned us, like, we're not going to let him talk about anything after the race, only racing questions. And, and every time Noah was brought up or whatever, Ross would just say you know, um, that's just between me and him. He, he wouldn't go into it. But one thing he did say that I thought was interesting was that Noah had confronted him on the plane, on the team plane or, you know, the charter plane that was going back yep. to, a, after to the Talladega race, which of course some people had thought Noah was at fault, you know, for opening the door on that move. Yeah. Some people thought Ross was at fault because he's Ross. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, thought it was it a was, racing accident. Right. And, but obviously Noah, uh, had, 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 turns out had confronted him then, but Ross said nothing happened then. So I imagine that with that in mind, Ross probably has that in mind, right? Okay. Now, wait a minute. Now this is the second guy that's come the second time this guy's come up to me. Right. And now he's getting in my face. Okay. Like I'm, I'm listening for a minute. Like, but then you could see Noah, Noah grabs him, right? Like Noah, is grabbing hold of Ross and Ross. You can see in the in the excellent excellent yeah. video that NASCAR posted. They were right there, they were right there. And um, Ross says, "Stop, stop!" Like he's he's like he. And then, uh, boom, clocks him. I mean, that was a woof. As you somebody, could hear it in the video. You could yeah. hear the you could hear it being connected. It, it was a it was a hockey style fight too. Really smart, Ross. I don't know if this is planned. But it was like very much like you see in hockey. Like he wrapped up Noah's right hand real quick, like his arm, so Noah couldn't move it, and he locked up. And Ross didn't let his arm get wrapped up. So, very smart move there. It's almost like Ross Chastain's been in a fight or two before. I don't know That's why. The I, thing. Think that I don't way. remember him throwing a punch. Like he is not like he's not that guy. That's why when it happened, if we looked at it, like I saw this happening on TV. Like, well, he got in a fight with Jeremy Clements at Bristol one year. That's true. Um, That's right. I forgot about that. And Bob was saying at the tweet up this morning, because oddly enough, we were talking about uh, Ross Chastain fights at the tweet up with a bunch of people. Um, Bob brought up, and I don't remember this one. Was there a Brendan gone Ross Chastain fight at some point along the way? I, I don't remember this, but Bob yeah, mentioned this and Bob's usually vaguely right. So. familiar, but I don't yeah. remember. I don't know. Like Noah's the guy who throws punches. Like Noah's well, sure. And like, and so when this was going down, like 
Noah's coming over. It's like, oh, this I know where this is going to go. Ross isn't going to throw the punch, the first punch. If there's any punch, it's going to be coming from Noah. And Ross, man, he took care. He handled it. So here's another, here's another part of this. As Noah's being pulled away, Chase Elliott's walking by. And um, uh, I, I hope I'm not getting Zach Sterniolo in trouble here. But um, I heard Chase say something. And Noah had said later that uh, Chase had urged him to go beat Ross's butt. What I heard or on Zach Sterniolo's video is after it's done, Chase says to Noah, somebody's got to go do it or something like that. Um, so Chase definitely approved of this. I'm sure um, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys that are going to approve of that, right? I mean, Kyle, I mean, there's a long list of guys who are like, yeah, like great. They were probably hoping that Ross was going to get clocked, and Noah was the so I guess the guy who was going to do it. And so here's the thing. This is what I think, and I'm not saying it was not sincere or <laughs> not. Um, you know, I'm not saying he was forcing anything at all because especially when you hear that they had had a confrontation on the plane. You know, they did have contact today on the track, so Noah was justified in being angry but Noah is extremely calculating and I guarantee you somewhere in the back of his head he's going okay if I everybody's mad at Ross the fans have been complaining about Ross drivers have been complaining about Ross if I take the other side of this I will look I will come out looking good I think like in the in the court of public opinion you know Noah look Noah this is great for Noah in my opinion Noah last yeah. week at Dover, he says, "Hey, look at my haircut, right? Like, check this out." And we're talking about Noah, even though he's, you know, he's having bad runs. He's struggling through his rookie year. Things are miserable right now. Um, now we're going to be talking to him about him again all week, um, because like he's he's putting himself he's putting himself in situations where we're talking about him. And dang, if that's not really good for NASCAR, Ross is good for NASCAR. Noah's good for NASCAR. Um, they they both get into it it's all good in my opinion because look this was this was a day jordan where formula one came into this country uh every celebrity you can think of was at the formula one race elon musk jeff bezos are both there right tom cruise like all these people patrick mahomes Dak prescott yeah patrick mahomes on a day when the race is here in kansas kansas city pat mahomes is uh you know, he's in he's in Miami at the F1 race. Right. So, you know, like this was a this was a, a day where NASCAR could have gotten overshadowed. Instead, I think more people are going to be talking about NASCAR than F1. F1, you know, sure. Max, we'll talk about it later. But Max wins that race after starting ninth. OK, let me put some little bit of drama into it. But nothing really happened in that race. Um, you know, it was a Red Bull race again. And it's fine. Whatever. I mean, you want to see good racing? Here you go. This was the good racing. This was the storylines. This was the drama. Um, this is why people watch something for tune in to watch a race on TV on, on their Sunday, on their day off from work, because you're entertained. You were entertained by this. So, um, you know, again, like I'm not saying Noah wasn't sincere in his anger, but I also think he potentially viewed it as a point to be like, hey, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to be on the other side of Ross here. So. I mean, you, you, you can see in, in – we've seen in Twitter arguments stuff before where people know the – you know, people are sort of like, okay, I think the public thinks this. I've had to take the other side. I can get I can get points. You see people do that all the time. You don't do that, right? 
I no, I I have sincere opinions. I do. I know you. Do. I'm giving you a time. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, what what do you think? I mean, I'm not saying again. I, I'm not saying it was calculated, but he he certainly he had to know what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that piled in the Talladega, you know, what Chase said to him, the fact that there Noah's very good about keeping himself in the discussion. I think he's just frustrated too. Like, I don't think it can be, can be overlooked. Like, he had a really really good run going today, like a really good run. He was running at one point twelve, you know, solidly up the, near the top ten for a good part of this race, and this was a really really good run. Second time in three weeks where he's had a good run. He's been in the mix, and it went sideways because of what he feels was a certain driver. Like, you're going to be frustrated. And so you add it up, and it's been a very frustrating year. Like, they have not had the results. They've had a lot of wrecked race cars. They've just had a lot of things go wrong. And you start throwing this all together in the blender, you're going to have a pretty, you know, you're going to have a cocktail of, like, a guy wanting to make a statement. And this was his opportunity to do it. So the only bad thing about this, I think, for Noah is the fact that that haircut is going to live on in infamy now and people are gonna say who's that guy with the haircut other than that i mean like you, you've got nothing to me you know you, you hear it all the time like young drivers don't you can't get pushed around you kind of got to stand up for yourself and i guess in a way this is kind of no one making a, a case for himself you have a really good point there because and i didn't think <laughs> about this till just now like with the haircut thing in particular oh, yeah. like okay this is going to be a highlight reel right from uh-huh. this race he's going to have to keep the haircut now but like let's let's say this ends up on like Skip Bayless's show or one of these shows, right? <laughs> People are going to go, I don't know who that kid is, but he deserves to get punched for having that haircut or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> people are going to, yeah. But uh, look, I mean, we were, these these gentlemen today blessed us with content. And uh, <laughs> I, I just think that's good for everybody. That's good for everybody in a series. Have that, to. Like, it was already yeah. hurt. Like, we already had so much. And like, Ross is just the gift that keeps on giving. You know, and, and Ross, I mean, this was not the only incident that he got into today. Um, no, it was not. <laughs> you know, the, the Bell one, Bell took responsibility for that. Um, they had contact off the corner. Bell said he got loose. Um, and then there, there was another one earlier that was like, oh, that was kind of iffy, um, I, I believe, right? There was contact with somebody. And I, I, there, there was, was so Bush. many incidents. Yeah, well, he, he Kyle Busch didn't like how he was being raced, and so Kyle Busch doored him. Um, on purpose um, and said that was his warning and then his crew chief said I think he's out of warnings but you know again it is I I can understand from Noah's standpoint where he's hearing all these guys talk I don't like how he's being raised I don't like you know and we keep saying well nobody really does anything so um, now funny enough Noah tries to go do something he's the one that ends up getting punched in the face Uh, (laughs) Ross still hasn't been punched in the face like it did happen but you always get the sense of like all the veterans are like Noah Noah you, you need to go do it. You need yeah, to go yeah. do it. They, yeah. they know, like, they don't want to be the ones that are going to get punched in the face. Right, like Elliot saying, hey, hey, go down there. Go down there, yeah, you know, whatever. Down. You got this. You got You got right. No, yeah, he, he's not – Ross doesn't throw punches. No, he only throws watermelons, not punches. Like, no, you got this. I bet you, too, that, like, a bunch of people are, are blowing up Noah's phone tonight. Like, you know, drivers yeah, being like, go. yeah, exactly. They're they're cheering him on. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, way because let him let him do the dirty work. If he's going to be the, the guy that's going to cause a controversy and – be disruptive and or a disruptor or whatever um yeah i mean look you can I, say like there's been a lot of drivers who have had reason justifiable reason to go and confront raws and it would have been if they would have thrown a punch you'd be like absolutely and they didn't do it for whatever reason they didn't do it give credit to noah gregson like he did it here's here's a funny one for you 
Bob and I were on pit road walking back and I look up at the scoreboard and I see someone in like an Advent Health um, fire suit in Victory Lane talking to Denny. It was like their back was turned. And I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, is that Ross? And Bob was like, what? You thought you were hallucinating? Yeah. So afterwards, Denny confirmed that, yeah, Ross yeah, came to Victory Lane to it, congratulate yeah. Denny. Yeah. Wow. What a world. They, what a they did like world. a bro. They did like a nice handshake. They said something and like, yeah. Yeah. Denny said that he, uh, Ross said to him, I didn't think you were going to get there like heck of a job or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that one, that feud settled, but Ross uh, has got other, other feuds to worry about now. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Denny falls down the pecking order of guys who are mad at Ross now, but that, you know, that'll flare up next week. So who knows? Like, it's, Funniest it's thing be- too, though, is like, you know, Bob had asked, uh, had asked Denny, you know, about the fight or, or something like that. And, and Denny in the media center, you know, he's just like, no, like, is there something I need to know? Is there something I need to talk about on my podcast tonight? And then Bob, as soon as the podcast, uh, the press conference is over, he had the video all teed up, you know, but isn't it so funny how, like, I mean, here Denny wins the race, you know, it's not like he wrecked out on lap 20, went home and didn't know that there was a fight. I mean, he did this whole thing, the whole victory lane thing. I mean, this is when he comes in the media center, it's probably like an hour after the checkered flag or whatever. Right. And he, nobody said to him like, Hey, how about that Noah Ross fight or something? Right. And he, it's just so weird how sometimes, um, cause we, I, again, we've talked about this before. This happens to us where you can, you can not know that something went on when you're oh, out, yeah. you know, and, and you just kind of get lost with it. But, um, yeah, nobody bothered to tell Denny, I guess like, hey, you won, and wow, what a crazy fight! What a crazy day! You know? So, will this upset Will this upset Denny and reignite their feud? Because now Ross is taking the headlines away from Denny winning. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares about that. <laughs> Denny got, uh, you know, even this weekend once again he was talking about how important um, sixty wins is to him, mm-hmm. and you know he's miss- missing out on those those chances to get closer to sixty wins. It's a really important personal goal for him. Um, and, you know, here he, he went and he got one. Now, let's talk about how he went and got it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So they were racing their butts off. I don't know how many laps it was where it was a really good race between, um, you know, once... Oh... We've got uh, the Rick Ware haulers. Uh, I don't know if you can hear them blowing their horns here. If you hear that in the background. Oh, okay. How about Ryan Newman coming back and driving for them next week? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's weird. We'll talk about that. Um, so what what was your take on, on the way that Denny and and, uh, and Kyle raced there? Because, you know, they, they were racing really hard toward the end. They were both pulling out every move they could. They were navigating lap traffic. You know, Denny would get close and sort of fall back. You know, Larson would get maybe loose. And um, surely you're hearing this, these train horns or the holler horns. Okay, well, I'll stop. No. It's a little bit distracting when, when they're like going like this. Keep and, your focus, man. You got to okay. keep your focus. I, I know. It's, it's tough to keep the focus. All right. Um, so then on the very last lap, obviously, 
you know, Denny said, look, he was trying to pack every little bit of air he could. Um, I, I don't interpret that as he was like, let me get into Larson here and wreck him for the win. He was like, let me just try to get as close as I can. And, you know, we'll just see what happens. He obviously got into a little bit. Now, I, I, I couldn't also tell if Larson had scraped the wall right before. It looked that. like he came. It looked like he kind of hit the wall or was about to hit the wall, and then it came down. Like, from my interpretation, Denny really didn't do anything but maintain his ground. And was well, like, he did I have back. some contact with them, right? No, no, no. He maintained oh. contact. But I'm saying is like he could have backed off and prevented the contact. But you in that in that situation, you absolutely can't do that because you you're gonna probably you have a good chance of conceding the win there. And so instead of cutting Larson any slack, which he should not do, he, he didn't. He held his position, and then that because he did that, there there was contact. Like, that is that is the definition of a racing – that is, like, the definition of a racing accident of two guys racing really, really hard, and there was contact. It wasn't like Denny went out and, like, doored him or slammed into him and moved him out of the way. Like, he maintained his spot, and I, I don't know – I I don't know how – I don't know why – I don't think any of the I don't know I have a really hard time like saying that the boos were for Denny today because he spun Larson like Denny just gets booed a lot anyway you know and like what he did today is no way in any shape or form dirty driving at all right well I think that the crowd felt like uh, you know you're not you know in the moment you see it one it's time or whatever yeah, you know you're like oh look reaction. Larson ended up in the wall Denny hit him you know boo we don't like this and they don't like Denny anyway um, but yeah, I, I see it the same way where they were just absolutely going all out for every little bit of ground. They make contact. It's enough to, you know, briefly turn Larson the wall. He finishes second anyway, so it's not like he wrecked. Um, and you know, I, I, it didn't seem like Larson was particularly upset about it. maybe he, once he goes back and stews on a little bit more, but again, speaking of people who are around each other at the time, I mean, those guys are friends. Those guys are some of the, the better friends in the garage, Denny and Larson. In, in that group, you know, Stenhouse is one of their friends too and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's not going to be something where there's bad blood or whatever. I mean, maybe Larson's not happy about it, but again, like if, if Denny also from, from the opposite perspective, let's say he goes, I'm going to do everything I can to like not make contact with this guy. I'm going to make sure I stay off this guy no matter what. And if it costs me the race, fine. Well then how bad do you really want to win? I mean, you're, you're talking about, Oh, you know, I really got to win. I got to make the playoffs. I've, I've, been dying to win we're getting desperate and then if you don't go do that how does your team look at you if you if you don't put yourself in that position how does your team look at you like man this maybe this guy doesn't is not going to do what it takes you know um and you know gay part said afterwards too like i believe kyle larson is the best racing driver in the world basically and um you know you're gonna have to do something to beat him and, and again i don't think that was i agree with you it wasn't dirty um, it wasn't even really over the line I, because I think what he was trying to do was take the air off the spoiler and, and try to side draft things like that. He was not trying to make contact. If he if he went out down there, if, if it was like a Logano Byron situation, honestly, from Darlington last year, I would feel differently. I'd be like, oh, man, you know, I guess he wanted to win, but you hate to see somebody win like that where he just punted him out of the way. Um, blatantly went in into their into that situation saying I'm going to make contact I don't think Denny was going I'm going to initiate contact right here to win this race I think it was hey I'm trying to get past you and they happen to make contact is that a fair assessment 
I agree with everything. Like it's just it wasn't intentional. This was just hard race. This was intentionally going after the win and and holding your ground. This wasn't I'm gonna spin somebody out and crash somebody. This is what you want. Like this is what NASCAR is about. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, this comes to another point of um, what does this mean now for the narrative of the season? So, uh, you know, we we recently were saying, oh gosh. You know, Chevy's won seven of ten races now. It's a Hendrick world. All of a sudden, Joe Gibbs strikes back. Martin Truex Jr. wins Dover. Now you have Denny Hamlin winning here. Um, And you go, okay, well, and when you look at this race overall, Toyota's pretty strong day. Pretty strong day. I mean, they they didn't finish. Uh, You know, they had stronger cars than than their results showed overall, I think. Um, But... I mean, there was a big part of the early part of the stage where, uh, or, the, you know, the early portion of the race where, I mean, all six Toyotas were easily inside the top 10 and you thought, wow, they really brought speed. Um, this has been a good track for them in general, but how do you now see the Toyota thing, the Gibbs thing versus the Hendrick and Chevy thing? Much like I've seen it for the last couple of weeks, which is these guys are pretty evenly matched. A lot's going to kind of depend upon where you're at in terms of the track. But when you, you look at this, this is a really good track for Toyota, but I also don't lose the sight of the fact that Kyle Larson darn near won this race and was up there for a good chunk of the day. William Byron. After getting spun, too. After getting spun. And let's not lose sight of the fact that William Byron was three laps down today maybe had the fastest car, had certainly one of the fastest race cars on the track, and rallied back from three laps down to leave with a third-place finish. Is that right? Top, yeah. So he gets, you know, he doesn't have his moment earlier in the race where he scrapes the wall and then everything kind of falls apart for him and then gets a speeding penalty, by the way. Scrape the wall um, twice and the twice speeding penalty. And speeding penalty. Yep. All within stage one. That doesn't happen. uh, he's got a really good chance of being in victory lane celebrating his third win. So the narrative to me is these are two really good organizations and they have separated themselves from everybody else. And then it's, there's this huge gap between them and everyone else. And who's third Ross is in the mix, but he's the only track house car consistently running well and finishing well. Um, And you can make a case for some other teams, but it's, it's, I would feel confident that the champion is going to come from one of these two teams this year. It certainly feels like it's continuing to trend in that direction. I, I did ask Byron the same question of what we're talking about after the race. And, uh, you know, who, who, so who has the edge now? Um, um, is it Hendrick? Is it Gibbs? He said, I almost feel like we're driving, like our organizations have two different race cars right now. Like his point was the first 35 laps of a run, you know, Hendrick has the speed. And then from maybe like lap 35 to 55, he was saying the Gibbs cars end up outrunning the Hendrick cars and, and have the better long run speed. I mean, 35 laps is another short run. It's not like that's 10 laps and they fall off, but the Gibbs cars are able to maintain for longer and keep that speed up for longer. Um, and so it's sort of, he was saying it sort of just depends on the dynamics of the race, right? Like how's the end of a race gonna unfold? And that's sort of who comes out looking better. Because like you said, I mean, Larson could have won this race. Byron could have won this race. Elliott was up there for a while, then faded um, a li- at least a little bit. But I thought, oh, wow, Elliott, he's, he seems to be back. Um, 
But I'll so, say Barnjurix Jr. was really good for much of this race. Like he yeah, probably had he the was. second, third. Fa- I mean, he, he was he was one of the fastest cars. So it's just it feels like it's an ebb and flow. And I think you, that's a really good point there in that it feels like each week the Hendrick cars are either shut, set up for the long or short run, and then the Gibbs cars are set up for the opposite. And it just kind of depends on how things unfold, what the cautions are, and, and that nature. It's kind of fun to watch because these guys are going at it every week, and you don't know how it's going to kind of go. I'm curious to see how it transfers to Darlington and, and, and some of the short tracks. But right now, it feels like it's between these and every, and then everyone else is just kind of racing for the third best. And I think it's a good thing in that um, Hendrick has a challenger now because it seemed early in the season like this was really going to be a, a total Hendrick year in a way. Um, and, you know, nothing against them, but it's the same thing that people complain about with Red Bull and F1. Like, you want to see other teams in the mix. You just want to see it be as competitive as possible and, and, you know, get a bunch of teams in the mix. So, uh, JGR certainly at this point has seemed to present itself as a, as a worthy challenger. And maybe it does change sort of week to week, depending on the track, depending on the situations, as you said. So, um, but, you know, the other thing, too, is like, you know, it would be one thing if those were single car teams or even two car teams, um, you know, like an F1 where you're like, OK, wow, Red Bull. That means one of two drivers is going to win every race as they've done this entire season so far. At least if you say, OK, Hendrick or Gibbs, you know, especially because it's really the top three drivers from each team at this point, you know, being, you know, yeah. you know, Ty Gibbs had a good day today, but, you know, then ends up in a wreck. Um, Alex Bowman obviously not in the car right now so Josh Berry um, you know you don't know what Bowman would do but at least we're looking at six to eight cars that means could win each race and then again once you throw in the, you know the different dynamics of oh could Chastain pop up here or you know the 2311 guys had had their moments today um, you always watch out for Harvick things like that um, and obviously Penske still kind of lurks you know if they're going to hit on it one day and it all works out like we saw with you know Logano's type situation so um you know it's 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 still wide open enough i think to make it entertaining each week and you know today was the pinnacle of that and i didn't even mention rcr with kyle bush too when when they hit on it so he was running well before his issue so yeah so i think i think those are all good things what else in terms of like um, the the first three topics uh, before we keep moving on here? Did you want to talk about you know the, any the Denny Larson thing or Chastain? Yeah. Um, we covered keep, it all. Keep cruising. Chastain, okay. by the way, like there's a lot of you know critics of Ross, and we talked about him a lot last week about his aggressiveness and whether it's good or bad, but it's working for him, man. Another top five today. He ends up finishing fifth, seat. right? Right. And still finished fifth, and like. He's still doing it. Like, you can say what you want, but it's working for him. It's just so interesting, though, because I really, really, again, I, I really reiterate that he, I really think he hates being in these situations. I don't think he, no. I don't think he finds any sort of humor in it. I don't think he finds any sort of enjoyment in it. I think he is I don't a even bit think irritated he, by it. Um, I don't even think he, like, goes and tries to, uh, tries to put himself in these situations. It's just kind of... It's just kind of his nature. Like it's not like he intentionally says, "Oh, man, I'm gonna go wreck this guy," and just because or something like that. It's just like, it's just like I will say, can't help him. Yeah, it just he just happens. ends up in yeah. those situations by by the yeah. by the way he races. He just yeah. sort of ends up in these situations naturally, and you know, look the the other drivers again, like Kyle Busch, they don't like it, and Kyle Busch gets out of his car, 
and says, you know, I, I hated how everybody was racing today and stuff. But, um, you know, as Kurt Busch said during the, broad, the broadcast, you look at these races now and it's take, 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 take. Everybody's racing like a-holes, as Kyle Busch said on the radio. Um, you know, it's everybody's racing that way. And so Ross is sort of like maybe at the forefront of that movement to absolutely just cut nobody any slack and um, just go for it. And but again, like you said, it's working for him. So, I mean, other it's almost like it, it, it still continues to remind me a lot of the when Brad Kozlowski came in and sort of disrupted the way, uh, you know, sort of the Mark Martin code of, of things, uh, you know, just taking every little bit he could get, which at the time, remember, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but you look back at that, the Kozlowski Jeff Gordon incident now. Um, if you go ever back, go, go back and watch that replay, and what Keselowski did at the time is like the most innocuous thing, right? Like it doesn't, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, we see it, it's, it's totally normal now for what we see yeah. on restarts. Somebody sees a little bit of a gap, they go for it. They fill every single hole. At Especially the time, in a late race restart in, in that the playoffs, yeah, in a playoffs where a win there is going to put you in a position, you know, like yeah, like there's no way at all that you can yeah it's yeah so he's the he, you want to like ross is following in the footsteps of brad and then joey legato yeah i think that's fair and and you know like again people i what's going to happen ultimately because i think i think what happens in these situations it was the same way with keselowski sort of the veteran guys and and the people who've you know raced for a while they 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 want to get these these guys in line with the way they race, the give and take or whatever. And once they realize that's not going to happen, they say, well, guess we got to start doing this too. Adapt or die. And they change the way they do it. And then everybody, it sort of elevates the whole intensity intensity of the field. Clearly in today's NASCAR, there's no riding. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no, um, all right, I'm going to let you pass me and I'll get you back later. Track positions, everything. Um, Everybody is going for it and if you lose one spot you might not get that back so you can't afford to lose even one spot um certainly on restarts everybody is trying to gain as much track position as they can before they all get sorted out um that's the nature of this car so i think people i think more people will go toward the ross way and 10 years from now i don't think his style will be as sort of like wow that's he's so different as it as it might seem to people now because um, I think I think everybody will be racing that way. The young drivers coming up will race that way for sure. They already are. Like Ty Gibbs is in the Cup Series this year as a rookie. So is Noah Gregson. Guess what? Both of those guys are pretty well known for in the Xfinity Series, being very aggressive and not being afraid to move guys and get physical. Like that is who they are. That is, and they're gonna probably eventually bring that to the Cup Series when they're racing competitively for wins and, and the like. That's just. It's been this way, and you're going to continue. Now, there are exceptions. Chris Bell's an exception, but largely, young guys coming up are much the same way. It's it's the way, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, I mean, the sort of clean racer like Martin Truex Jr., who just, he's clean, right? Like, he's yeah. going to race you and give you a lot of room. Um, honestly, I, I think, you know, we've, we've heard about it on Denny's podcast, too. Even Kyle Busch, to an extent, is pretty... One of the cleaner racers out there now. Absolutely. Um, and 
you know, it's so funny to see veteran Kyle get out of the car after these races and say, <laughs> I don't like these guys are racing the way they're racing. They're Damn racing like kids. jerks. And yeah, right. Like, oh, it's really, it's really come full circle. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot of other, you know, drivers we could talk about in this race. Um, you know, Bubba looked like stage one. I thought, oh, he's really got something here. Um, I mean, there was a bunch of different leaders overall, right? So, I mean, it's, you know, it it was sort of tough to tell for a while who was good. I mean, you had, um, yeah, 12 different leaders today. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, Reddick was in the mix today too. Looked like I thought he was going to be a player and he still leaves with a good finish. But you mentioned Bubba really quick though. Um, Good day for him because like he, he left here, you know, you come here with high expectations, but they did a really good job, qualified well, raced well, leaves with a good finish. And you're looking at the point standings, and this is a little bit aided by the fact that Alex Bowman's not racing, but now Bubba's only six points out of a playoff spot. Now, a lot can happen, different winners, that kind of thing. But it wasn't too long ago where it looked like Bubba's only path to the playoffs was probably going to be through a win, right? And I think I even wrote this on the Athletic in my rankings that I do. Like It felt like he was going to have to win a race to get the playoffs. Now you look at it and say, well, you know what? Like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe he could get in there on points. You know, so I think that this is a really big day for him and this team. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, looking at the standings, it, it is, you know, that if we're not going to see the, you know, the full complement of winners, it, the, the, the battle for that bubble spot um, mm-hmm. is definitely intensifying. Um, and, you know, with, with Bell's problem today, because uh, it was pretty close regular season championship wise. Now Chastain has a 31 point lead all of a sudden. So, we could be looking at a potential Ross Chastain regular season championship, despite all that we've been talking about. So, um, I mean, still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. But, long way to go. A lot yeah. of racing left. Um, one, one thing that's somewhat interesting, you know, and, and it has to do with part of it's the reason is because of a points penalty to Austin Dillon, but Chase Elliott is now ahead of Austin Dillon in points. Is that crazy? That is, uh, that is crazy to think about. Yes. Um, but Chase has been running really well. I mean, he hasn't had a bad race. Like he's only raced in a few races, but like I think every race this year he's finished top twelve, top fifteen. You know, it's been. I think his worst finish is eleventh, if I'm not mistaken. Now I got to go back and look. But he still seems, uh, you know, kind of a little bit off of what Byron and Larson are. No, I think he was closer. I mean, he had much more speed today than he has had. Uh, but it's not. He's not leading a bunch of laps and he doesn't have you know the fastest car like we don't look at him as a potential winner necessarily but he's he's right in the ballpark of a guy who you know he could pop off a win at any point he's got uh elliot's got three top tens and six races his worst finish i take this back is 38th in daytona 500 every other race this year he's finished 12th or better hmm, interesting so that's pretty good drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails break free with clickup.com the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. Speaking of Austin Dillon, um, something that NASCAR did this week that I really, really liked um, was to invite the media and also 
obviously people the, the uh, on the team. The garage. Yeah, the whole garage. Um, <laughs> Show and tell. To come into the hauler. You know, they didn't put the part outside the hauler, but they, they let us come inside the hauler. And it wasn't just like, hey, here's this part. Take a picture of it. It's lying out. They had somebody walk us through what it was, what the part was, what it's supposed to do, what RCR did to it. And we got to pick it up in our hands, hold it, twist it, um, and see for ourselves, closely examine exactly what was going on. So my first impression was, wow, this is brilliant on RCR's part. <laughs> I mean, too bad for them they got caught. <laughs> this was so smart. Uh, and the only way they were going to get caught, because you could not see it. You could not You could not just look at this and see that it was, um, I mean, maybe if you looked at it super close, but like if NASCAR was just going to look at this part without twisting it, they would not be able to have told, you know, if, if Austin Dillon had not gone to teardown, the full R&D teardown, no way this is getting found. Um, so basically, long story short, I know this is a little bit technical and I'm not very good at explaining the technical stuff, but it's a splitter stay, which is basically like this long rod and it's supposed to lock the splitter in place after inspection. So you can't move the splitter up and down for arrow reasons, right? Well, the, re the way they do that is because there's the, these uh, two sort of screws and like the center uh, sort of nut in the middle and they're in three pieces so you lock them all together you screw each one or whatever and it locks so what RCR did was instead of making it three little pieces they fused those three together and so when you twist it they all move together and guess what you could go in the wheel well like say you're changing a tire or even doing something right before the race and the, you know the crew members reaching his hand up in there uh, all he would have to do you wouldn't even need a tool you just twist it by hand and it changes the height of the splitter <laughs> just like that. Uh, so clever, but obviously like you can't do that. That's very illegal. Uh, so they got busted. They went through the appeals process. Um, I don't know actually why. Maybe, maybe they're just rolling the dice with the appeals because that was pretty blatant judging what, what we saw. But my point in bringing this up is, uh, well, a couple things. Number one, it just shows you, you, you have to think, wow, how many teams, that, oh my gosh, so many teams in the garage must be doing stuff like this that, again, uh -huh. you would never find it um, unless it's, you're one of the two cars that goes back to the R&D center. And, you know, because even the, the teardown that they do here at the track, it's not a full teardown for the winner or second place. Um, so, and it, even when they, again, even when they take it back to the R&D center, if they didn't look at that part and mess with it, like twist it themselves or whatever, they wouldn't have found it. So what else are teams doing in here? That's number one. Number two, I just am so, what, what I said I was happy about it is the, the transparency I think is fantastic. NASCAR even posted about this on their social media with pictures. Um, again, because all the times we say, wow, this seems shady. How come they're not telling us, you know, well, the accusations of favoritism or what what's Hendrick doing here how come we can't see you know do we really know what they're doing did they just did they just hammer this team because they were mad at them you know Harvick said something in the media did they did they get Harvick's team because they were trying to get back at him whatever it is well when you walk in and you see these parts and you see that it's like clearly oh you're like yep yep there it is so I think that that will be very helpful to NASCAR in general because if you're going to be that transparent and just explain exactly what's going on, so much of the conspiracy theory stuff just gets, the balloon just gets popped right there. So um, kudos to them for doing that. 
um, I'm going to be sad the next time somebody gets busted. I'm not at the track because uh, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty neat to be able to go see like, wow, that's pretty oh, interesting. So hopefully you'll get to do that soon uh, if somebody gets busted and you'll get to go play with <laughs> yeah, these parts. We, we need more penalties to deal with. Well, um, not that, love, but, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the ingenuity, though. Like, we, you know, a lot about this car as was that, oh, the crew chiefs were handcuffed. They were, everybody was working in the same box, and you really couldn't do anything, and all the old mass car, and the creativity and crew chiefs being able to kind of push the limits a little bit and really kind of get their hands on it and, you know, do what they want. Like, uh, it was gone, right? This was a whole different era. Well, this shows crew chief, or, I don't even know if it was the crew chief. Like, however this car was put together and whoever did this at RCR, like, God bless them. They're still living the NASCAR dream, man, and playing within the gray of the NASCAR rule book. It may be like a little margin of gray, but they're playing with it, and it's cool that they're um, – got. you know, it's, it's, it's neat to see. And I will say, I, I love the transparency. I love it. And I got a lot of texts from a lot of people in the industry this week about this and how cool this was. And thank God that they're doing this, and they should – you know, this should have been happening a while ago. And this is a great way to kind of – get your hands around a little bit and let teams know like we were on the, uh, and there's a little bit of public shaming and also exposing your secrets because now, like you said, every team is going through there going, I'm going to write this one down and going, you know, and they're also thinking, Oh, we know how to get around this. Now we know how they got busted. We got to We got a way to get around it. Um, I would like to have heard, I wish they would have had an RCR member of the team, like standing there having to ask questions. Oh God. As this happened. That would have been great. That would have just added to it a little bit. So we could hear their side. Transparency, Jeff. You know, we want to be fair. We want to hear both sides of the issue. Well, and, and along those lines, too, one thing I liked was that um, the, uh, you know, when when the appeals panel came out with their ruling and said appeal denied, yeah. they put that little paragraph in there now that says this is why we denied it. Yep. You know, they are now giving the explanation. So. I'm sure that this whole appeals process has been a giant headache for NASCAR. They did not want to go through any of this, and it sucked up a lot of the air out of the early season storylines um, and took away from the on-track product. But I personally think that as a result, things have gotten better, um, yeah. and it, it, we've gotten to see some progress now in, in how we view things. Because, uh, And that's important. I, again, I think your fans just want to know you're you're being straight up, right? And, uh yeah. You know, the more evidence you have of that and whether it's the appeals panel saying their reasons or whatever. Okay. Like the, it just, we just want to know, we just want to know, just give us the reason. So Jordan, another topic this week that, uh, came out was, um, legacy motor club switching to Toyota. Um, what, what did you think of that? What was, what was your take? Mark, when I heard this was happening, it made a lot of sense and, you know, Toyota's wanted to add, they need depth. They do not have a deep bench of teams. And you really see that come into play on super speedways where they just don't have the same numbers as Chevy and Ford. And they're, you know, having to be creative and how they're going to do things. And they have talked openly, publicly about how they needed to add more teams. We look around the garage, you don't really have a lot of options. Like, you know, the, the players that you want are all under contract. What can you do? And you look at what is going on at Legacy, I feel like this is a, a team that has a lot of ingredients to make a really great recipe, but they don't net, they're just kind of missing a few things. Um, Toyota, I think, is going to help provide what's missing. And the fact that if you're a Chevrolet team and you're not Hendrick, 
RCR or Trackhouse, you're you're in a tough spot. But you go over now, and now you're the third team at Toyota, and you know you're going to have a good relationship with JGR and 2311, and they're not going to be having that technical alliance necessarily, but you're still going to have a relationship of some kind. And now you've got two drivers, and it's uh, well said. I'm a huge fan of Eric Jones. I think he's good. I think he's got the potential to do great things. I think Noah Gregson in the right situation could do be a competitive Cup driver as well. Um, I I think having Jimmy Johnson there and the moves he's made have been really good behind the scenes. It sounds from the people I've talked to, it sounds like he's got a good hand, his hands on things, and is making sound decisions and has that team pointing the direction. I really like their crew chiefs. I really just like a lot of different elements there, and I think now them being linked with Toyota is going to put them in a position to have success. I don't think they're going to become a super team by any means, but they certainly, as they showed last year, are a team that can run up front on a semi-regular basis and contend for wins and as they showed the southern 500 things go their way they can capitalize that's who they are i like that i think toyota got a really good team yeah i I echo you know basically all your sentiments there and i think you know first of all no brainer for toyota right like you can go out and get yourself associated with jimmy johnson pretty Mm -hmm. good pretty good there um you know i just think it's it means a lot when you can you know, I get I get Jimmy fans or, or whatever going to be mad, right? Or you know, some Chevrolet fans are say, you know, you saw it on Twitter. Oh, I can't root for Jimmy anymore. He's I'm now he's going to be in a Toyota or whatever. Uh, whatever. Like, okay, whatever. Um, but I mean, it's great that they have that loyalty. I mean, that's what you want. You want that, like, you want them to have that brand. Yeah, but you know, the, the, just the Toyota hatred in general. Just yeah, no, like no, I don't disagree. Just, but I mean, um, it's like you know. But anyway, like, so, but I, I just think you know, Toyota needs numbers. They went out and got a team that, you know, I mean, Maury Gallagher clearly has deep pockets. You know, they're going to be building here. Um, you know, you can see, like, it, it's it's a good move for them. And, um, and it's a good move for Legacy in that, like, they're not having a good season. If they end up going, oh, the guy just closed the door. I'm seeing I'm in Victory Lane, you know, the guy just closed the door back yeah. to the media center. So um, <laughs> I might be stuck here. In, all the gates are locked and closed here in Victory Lane. You can't Lane. scale a fence? Um, I don't know. It could be dicey. So This is like Daytona 2015 for us where we got locked in the we track. Did get we locked thought in. we had to climb the fence. Yeah, that wasn't fun. Anyway, um, well, hopefully I'm not here next week uh, if you're in Darlington. and I'm still in That'd Victory Lane. Take a video of this. Yeah. It is on it's video. Like We're on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Like, uh, so, um, so version of Castaway. I, I do think, though, that, like, you know, again, like, if Legacy doesn't do anything to improve and just stays yeah. with Chevrolet and just, like, yeah, it's, yeah, what's the point? So, yeah, it's, it's a great move for them. Um, and, you know, you, you wonder how it affects their season now. But, like, for one thing, Noah said he's still in the Chevrolet driver development, oh. you know, management program, whatever. He was going into this weekend. We'll see about, we'll see about Monday. Yeah, yeah. But um, second of all, you know, Okay, like if Chevy's, let's say Chevy's going to reduce their information or something. Um, well, I mean, Legacy's having a bad year. This is a lost year already for them, pretty much. So, you know, it's a, it's fine to fine to go ahead and move. Oh, one one thing. So, Ty Gibbs comes into the media center for his bullpen session, right? And I wasn't there, and I was asking some of the reporters, "Oh, what Ty Gibbs say anything interesting?" And um, they were saying, "Oh, it kind of ended awkwardly because." You know, some we were asking all these Toyota drivers, oh, what do you think about Legacy? And everybody's saying, oh, great. We asked Ty Gibbs, and Ty Gibbs said, 
I have no comment about that or I'm not going to talk about that. And everybody's like, well, why Why would he not want to talk about another Toyota team joining? Is it because they're going to take money from Gibbs or something? So I was relaying the story to Bob. I hope Bob doesn't mind me sharing the story. And Bob's like, oh, it's because of Noah. I was like, oh, yeah. Now Ty, Gibbs, and Noah are going to be like pseudo teammates. They're going to they're gonna be sitting in meetings and be like, hey, you guys need to work together at the Super Speedway next year. Like Daytona 500, all right. Ty and Noah, we want to see you drafting together. We know how you love each other, you know. So, uh, anyway, that was Bob's theory. I That's think how it he, works. I think so he's NASCAR. Right. Like, I mean, it, there's like a long documented history of guys with you know blood feuds, and then the next thing you know, they're either direct teammates or they're you know quasi teammates of, of some way. It's 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 funny how that works. Strange bedfellows. I will say, Jordan, though, I did not like one thing concerning Ty Gibbs today, and that was that he spins out. Almost saves it, mm-hmm. barely hits the wall, gets going again. Now I guess you could say it was his fault for going too fast when he had a flat tire and it tore up the fender. But like, and then he, you know, he gets to pit road and he gets stuck in the grass. And because he's stuck in the grass, that's that's it. That was his race. Mm-hmm. I still just hate how like it, it should not be the way where if you spin out and like have very light contact your race is over with this car because you've got flat tire. Yeah. Like that's, you're, you're st- yeah. It's, that's there needs to be a little bit more. There needs to be a little bit more open endedness to it of where like you're not done because you're stuck in the mud or your car's, you know, got a flat tire and they don't have a tow truck, a safety truck strong enough as, as Ty said to push you out. Like you didn't even get a chance at it, it trying to make repair. Like it was, it's, I don't like it. We've seen it happen before. It's just, there needs to be a little bit more flexibility. And I, you know, I'm not saying it needs to be wide open, but like a little bit of a common sense, maybe, I don't, you know, it's just, it's a little, it's well, it's little not silly. even that it's, um, cause look, I mean, the car was at that point, it was pretty torn up anyway. Like, no, I don't disagree, but, but, but at least you let shouldn't the team make that decision, but spinning, spinning out and not hitting anything should not mean at the top level of professional stock car racing that your day is done. No, like, no, I agree. Like we, we want to see these guys push it on the edge and spin out. And the penalty for that should be, Oh, they lost their track position. They'll get going again. They'll change some tires and they'll go back out. But we saw that today though, with a couple guys like Larson happened to Larson that right, happened to Eric right. Almarola. Like, and I, I don't know this cause I wasn't there. So I'm just going to pass. Like there were some people that were saying, like he was maybe eh, was he going too fast? You know, you spin out, you got to be careful. You kind of kind of nurse it back to the, the pits. Was he going too fast and that kind of control? I I don't know. I wasn't there. I could didn't visually see it. That was just some of the chatter I saw. Yeah, no, I, I get that, and um, I mean, obviously, maybe that is what led to it. But still, like, uh, I just I just wish there was a better way to do this where you spin out. But there should and, be a penalty. I mean, like, but sometimes that is the penalty. You just go to the no, back. but like. But sometimes when you do spin out, and he didn't make contact with the wall, like a little bit, like that's part of it. That's the risk you run, and like it's not like to me, it's not an absolute though. Like there are examples of guys who spin out and able to recover, and sometimes you can't. You know, it's you know, it's sometimes maybe it's a little bit lucky, but I don't know. It, you know, if you, if you don't want to be in that situation too, like don't spin out. Did the uh, did the Reddick Larson incident early in the race bother you at all, or did you feel like that was just no, racing? That was that was that yeah. was just racing. Like yeah. that's hard racing. And Reddick completely, you could hear his radio. Like he was 
apologetic and felt bad and was you know like beating himself up like yeah, it was not sure to him. yeah and the fact that even like kyle larson didn't say anything over the radio like you could tell like he knew it wasn't you know that's well, just I mean, somebody you're who, not gonna yeah. intentionally wreck the leader on lap five of the race. no well that said if that would have been ross chastain on lap five that got into him <laughs> there would have been pitchforks so you know a, a little bit i mean reddick's got a reputation well he doesn't he, he just, yeah he's the rap sheet Ross doesn't have the benefit of the doubt anymore. That's why. No. So, so that's what I'm saying. Ross, is like, yeah. even, it could have been the most uh, – that could have been 100% Kyle Larson's fault. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Ross was there, Ross was still going to get all the blame. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you you mentioned the, the Ryan Newman thing. Did you want to touch on that? You know, he's going to come back for Rick Ware Racing for a few races. I don't really get it, honestly. I mean, I know that it's like, okay, like Cody's out of the car. Let's – maybe we can get a veteran guy to evaluate our program. Like maybe that's, you know, let's get some veterans in there. But like from Newman's standpoint, right? Like we hear all this, okay, like, hey, if I'm not going to be in a competitive ride, like, you know, we, we heard that from sort of Biffle and Kenseth and like, well, I, I don't need to be here, right? Like what well, you're going to get in a, a Rick Ware car for a few races and evaluate their program and run 20th or 25th or whatever. You've never been in the next gen. Like what, why are you doing this? Why? Why, because they why? all say that, Jeff. Yeah. Like every like, Terry Labonte, Bill Elliott, um, like I mean, the list goes on, right? Like all of these guys, they 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 step away or say they're going to retire, and then they come back or whatever, and they end up taking rides with teams that they they shouldn't, you know, that they don't have an opportunity to be competitive with. But for whatever reason, like they feel like this is what they want to do. I mean, Matt Kenseth left Joe Gibbs Racing. And said, I only want to be with a team that I can win races and be competitive. And then a year and a half, you know, a year and a half later, he comes back with a Roush Fenway team that isn't wasn't in a position to be competitive and win races. And but he, he, sometimes you just it's uh, it's like any athlete, right? Like the the great drivers, the great athletes, they have a hard time walking away, like for a lot of different reasons. So. They all say it, but it's really hard to do it. So it doesn't surprise me. We we seen Biffle come back and run truck series races. Like it's just it's the way it is, man. Yeah. No, I understand that. I understand that for sure. And you know, it's an addiction as they talk about in Door Bumper Clear, right? Casey yeah. Kane, uh, despite all his injuries and concussion stuff, he's running full sprint car season, right? Sprint like, car races, yeah. man. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right. Well, uh, I don't know what the poll results. Distracted again. What's going on around you? Oh, well, it's starting to get dark. I don't, I don't know if it looks oh. like this here, but uh, oh, not not on this end. No. Kansas does have lights, but they're not on. Um, <laughs> anyway, Make the phone call. So, um, what? I don't know what the poll. And I know you won last week um, yes. because I had said eighty percent for Dover, and you said seventy-five. And then it turned out to be like seventy-six ish or mm-hmm. something. So you you uh, you got that one. Uh, so oh, yeah. uh, I don't know what the score is. Big Joe Wall DM me, but I, I didn't see it. So um, yeah. anyway, uh, you're you're up first for this. This is going to be a difficult one. I, uh, I I can tell you, the best Kansas race ever in the poll was last year's 
uh, spring race. This race one year ago, won by Kurt Busch. Okay. And I believe that one was 90.1%. So there's one Kansas race that oh, okay. is in the 90% club. That helps. That helps. Uh, I was going to go 90-ish, but then hearing that, I'm going to go 92. This race beats that. Uh, great race, but this finish also with the contact everything, people excited, gets people talking. And then the fact that Ross Chastain was confronted on pit road, uh, that just puts it over the top. 92% highest rated Kansas race all time. So, um, you know, this is tough, right? Because there's been times when I feel like I saw a really good race. How could anybody have a problem with this? How could, who, who would possibly vote no? But inevitably, it's the internet, and so there's always a certain percentage <laughs> of people who are going to vote no, right? Like, and and maybe it's people who, it could be a small percentage of people who just go, you know what? Any race that Denny Hamlin wins, I don't like the guy, and so I will vote no or whatever, right? So it's you know because I'm I'm tempted to say like 95 or something. Yeah, no, no, you're not voting uh, what you think it would be. You're voting right. You, you have to take into it, yeah. It's not so. I guess where I'm going to come down this, I, I, I think it is going to be pretty high. I, I just don't see why somebody would sit there and go, nah. Um, too many cautions. I can tell you why, because I saw it in my mentions on Twitter. Like, too many cautions. Yeah, this, this, I mean, I was looking at other Kansas races, and uh, I don't know if I still have the stat up. Um, but basically, oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's this is Homestead now. I was looking at Homestead earlier because I was tweeting back to Dale Jr. about the uh, that record stat. But, um Basically, like I think there's been maybe three other Kansas races that actually had more cautions than this. Um, mm-hmm. And I, like I was saying, that that 2013 race, uh, that that one had 15. There was 11 today. That was so. a tire issue race, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember these things. You, I'll, I'll take your word for it. But anyway, um, so I. Long story short, I think I'm going to say 94. percent I maybe it's going too high. Um, I could get burned by this, but it just feels like it's going to be really high. And again, as I started off this episode by saying, mm. I, I think this is the episode. I think this is the the race of the year. What we just saw. I don't think that anybody should expect any better than this. Like, this was it. This this is as good as you could ask for out of a NASCAR race. If this ends up being the best race of the year, I think everybody could look back in November and go, Yeah, okay, sure. Um, so let's celebrate what we just saw. Um, not expect that every week because I think that's what sort of makes things like this special. And I'm pumped up that we got to see something good. Um, you know, I think it was I think it was positive today. So hey, I'm I'm a thumbs up for me. 94 for me, 92 for you. So Jordan, I I know we're not together right now, but I I did spend time with you this week. We we're in Miami. Yes. And then we left. <laughs> we left before the F one race. We did not get credentials for the F one race, did we? Uh, we are not. We are not F one writers anymore, Jeff. Well, we are F one writers if they let us come to their race. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, I mean, we try to go to their race, but we are. We have two very professional F one writers it's, it's, already. It's very different from other racing series. NASCAR, <laughs> IndyCar. Every most other racing series, yes. Yeah, who are very they, Formula One has a cap on the number of credentials that a media outlet can get, which I get it on the on the surface. I 
do think that you have to kind of take it on a case by case basis, though. And there, sometimes when a major, I'm, I'm, I'll say it like screw it, we are a major, prominent, very prominent sports outlet. And when you have a company that wants to send four full time professional writers, well, I don't three and then me and whatever, <laughs> um, to cover events, like you should be like, sweet. Here, welcome, welcome. What can we do for you? And that, uh, you know, that, that was. Well, I do not think it's case. funny that like F1's like, oh, we're trying to grow in America. We're trying to grow in America. And we're like, hey, we're actually in Miami because we went to Miami for a staff summit, right? Because we had yep. never met the F1 team. And they were going to obviously be all in the United States. Luke yep. Smith is really the one that's not, you know, he's based in the UK. Um, and so, you know, we're all going to be here. Let's all meet up and, you know, get to know. I mean, we, I, never even met our our boss zach pierce our our own editor so we got to meet everybody and we're already there so um you know we applied for the credentials or whatever we did not get in it's fine so uh look if i if we had been to that race we would have been to that race that really nothing happened and we would have missed out on this great kansas race so uh i'm glad that it it turned out this way um but let's talk about that let's talk about that f1 race because um you know certainly again all the, the glitz and glamour, all the, uh, I'll be, I can't wait to talk to, um, Dustin Long from NBC sports, his first F1 race. He went and covered this weekend. And I'm sure he was, has a lot of impressions, a lot of comparisons to make as, as we did on this podcast one year ago, we sat here and talked about the media, um, and how different it was and, and, uh, you know, yeah. the driver access and all that stuff. Um, that was, that was our topic a year ago, sitting out, out in the, uh, in the paddock at Miami afterwards. So, um, I'm just curious, uh, you know, what you thought of that, of the, of the F1 race today. I mean, at least with the qualifying situation, um, that helped, right? Like Max starting ninth really helped the the quality of the race. It it wasn't, uh, sorry, I'm distracted because you know, those little red aphid things. No, you don't know what aphids are. No, no idea. Really? You don't have like aphids in Minnesota, North Carolina, whatever. No idea what you're talking about. I didn't know. I, I have no idea. Literally. Okay, there's these there's these little tiny tiny red bugs like smaller than ants. Oh, okay. And here in Victory Lane, where my computer is, oh, um, they're everywhere. They're all over my keyboard, all over my screen Ew. now, and they're crawling underneath my keys of my keyboard. And oh. I keep trying to squish them, and I get I keep getting like red on my finger, like red dye. Disgusting. But they're they're in my computer. This is now, why I so. don't camp. This is why I don't I don't deal with this. I don't deal with critters. I don't deal with bugs. I don't deal with wild animals. I want none of that. This is the you get what you deserve when you do this. These are like the tiniest possible bugs like in, in existence. Yeah. And now you've got red smut crap all over your hands. It's getting on your clothes. It's fine. And, uh, anyway, what do you think what do you think of the race? Thank goodness so, Charles crashed in qualifying or else it would have been a total bore fest probably. Yeah, but. so that that's what I was gonna say is like this race like all of the hype in, in you know hoopla surrounding this race a year ago and then this year like you need but none of it was really related to on the track right it was all about the extracurricular stuff south beach miami the glitz with all that stuff right you but the last year's race was a dot you know and this year though you were like oh okay let's well, see what happens and then qualifying happens and you're like whoa max is ninth his teammates on the pole like this is good you know can you pass there what's this track gonna be like this could flip the championship. Like all of a sudden, Max and 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 and, and uh, Perez, um, you know, they could. They're gonna be. Who knows? This is gonna be Red Bull one two. How is this gonna work? And it's like this could be a very memorable race where 
if everything goes right and you get this dramatic, exciting race, like, whoa, this really was the moment where the Miami Grand Prix established itself. And F1 really put a foothold. They're like, they made its mark, great race, great venue, all of this stuff. Not in addition to all the other extra extracurricular stuff. And the race today didn't deliver any of that. Like, Max overcame starting ninth fairly easily. He it set up for a an interesting finish where you didn't know how they were gonna how the pit order was gonna come out and whether Max was gonna be able to come out ahead uh, of Perez or just behind him. And okay, and then he came out just behind him, but it, then it felt like, okay, how's this gonna work? And then he dispatched him fairly easily, and it was just kind of anticlimactic. It was just it was not at all the excitement. It was not a great battle. It wasn't any of that. It was just like, oh. All right, cool. Go ahead. I mean, I don't think you're. I don't think you're any different. I mean, right? Well, you know, one thing that you know, Max really kind of got a little bit lucky in the sense that everybody started on the medium tire for the most part, right? And the medium tire turned out to not be as good as people thought. So then they all had mm-hmm. to switch to the hard pretty early. Max starts on the hard, and he's able to see what everybody does with the medium right so he then says okay well i'm gonna manage this race and i'm gonna obviously try to work my way up through the field but the hard tire was better at that point in the run in that you know for that first stint um and then he went as long as possible before switching to the mediums at that time they end up with a lighter fuel load and the medium actually worked kind of better everybody you know it was a one-stop race for everybody so and you have to in f1 if it's not raining you have to take two different tire compounds. So everybody had to go with the hard for the end and go longer maybe than they wanted to. Um, Max, it, it kind of actually played into his hands perfectly. Yeah. Um, and so once he had the medium tire, and yes, he he came out of his one pit stop behind Checo like a couple seconds, but, but it was, he tracked it was him it. down easily and that was over. Um, I think I didn't get the sense from the brief interviews that I saw from Checo, but this had to be somewhat deflating, right? Um, he, he gets the pole, his teammates ninth, as you said, and Checo is, he can taste it. He can taste the points lead. I think they said it would have been, he would have been the first Mexican driver to lead the, uh, F1 world drivers championship since like 1968 or something like that. Well, you like Pedro Rodriguez, wasn't it? Yes, I think that's right. Um, and so, you know, it was there, it was there. And that, and yet his teammate, who once again, I said on Twitter, just inevitable, right? Comes all the way up through the field, passes everybody, passes Checo, race yeah. over. And now he extends his points lead mm-hmm. instead of on a day when it seemed like, oh, this could get really interesting. This could be mixed up. Who's going to, hey, let's get something different. Still Red Bull, still Max. Red Bull's won every race this year. Um you know, Alonzo, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun to look at storylines like, Hey, there's Alonzo getting podiums. Um, you know, it's fun to talk about so far back. It doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard to get too excited about that. Yeah. And I agree with everything you said. And I'll throw this on top of it too. The narrative coming out of Baku was Sergio is so good on street courses, right? He, but he's never won on a, on a permanent course. Now I don't really know how, how you interpret Miami. You know, it's not really a permanent course, but it's not really a street course. I don't know, you know, but it would have kind of helped get the win today 
would have kind of pushed that narrative back to the back burner a little bit, at least to some degree. And now it's just like, it feels like whatever. This is Max's world. And now he extends it. The larger that point lead goes, the more justified Red Bull is to say, we're not letting you guys going to fight this out. We're going to push Max because he's our guy. Where if Sergio leaves with a points lead today, it's really hard for Red Bull to say, we're going to, you know, Max is number one and we're going to let him, you know, we have, we're going to favor him. Like you, you got to let him go. And it's just, it's, it's, that's a huge stomach punch for so many reasons. I do think though, like from Red Bull's perspective, there's since ever nobody else is close at all, like nobody. So you might as well let them fight. Who, who cares if they, if they fight it out? Like, even I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want, in this era, I don't want my cars torn apart, and I don't want to have to worry about the budget cap and the or the spending cap and, and having to replace that. They're and everything fine. Else. They'll just like, do less catering, you know. I mean, you know, you, you scale back a little bit. You order less sodas. You, maybe you don't serve. Maybe you don't do a lunch. Maybe you just do like a cheese and cracker plate for lunch. I, I know that's maybe, not what they're. You know. I don't think they're do. I don't think they're worried about those kind of things in in the F one catering. No, more like I mean, no, they ca- don't worry about less their, caviar, I mean, less shrimp. Bowl. They've already established that they yeah. don't acknowledge that the, there's a spending cap, and they don't care about their catering budget. So I mean, they, yeah. Well, the whatever penalty came from the spending cap <laughs> certainly did not hurt them from going no, over it. So, but I mean, you don't want to sit there and replace cars. You don't want to have to pay for it. So I mean, you're right. Like they, you don't really have. You can throw caution to the wind, but you just. You don't want to go down that road because there are hurt feelings that come from that. And if Max gets to a point, let's be honest, Max is temperamental. He is not afraid to to say how he's feeling. If he gets to a point where he's like, I, I, "You guys aren't treating me the way I deserve to be treated," like what's to say that he doesn't say, "Screw this! I'm gonna, you know, I, I got a contract, but I'm I'm leaving at the end of my contract, or I'm gonna figure out a buyout or something like that." It just puts all of these other things on the table that don't need to be on the table. So yeah, that, that's my thought. Um. Well, gosh, I don't know. Any final thoughts before I see if I'm trapped in here permanently? No. So, Ron, I'm kind of hoping that you're trapped in the victory lane and you got to, like, hop a fence or something. Um, I mean, at least it's nice. I could sleep out here tonight. It's it's really it's that nice weather here in Kansas. So. That sounds miserable. Well, you got those bugs that will be crawling all over you. The, I know. Now there's a spider. Oh. Uh, yeah, there's a big spider over here. Spider? Too. Yeah, but um, on the Bristol podcast, was it last last playoff race? I didn't. I kill the bug in there, and you you didn't like you that. So the, I don't believe in killing. I, I just let them be. They've got their own little area. I've got mine. We all respect each other. I'm not going to bug you. You don't bug me. So you know. All right. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, by the way, one funny story about Jordan in Miami. Oh. Um, so we had this team dinner, and Jordan brought up the. The thing that he brought up on the podcast about the sprint race is how he, how he wanted a, a full field inversion for um, the main event uh, for, you know, to make it good. What? what? Stop him. Keep going. No, keep going. You don't want me to tell the story? You're welcome to tell the story. It's fine. Because Luke Smith and Madeline Coleman, our F1 writers, were sort of entertaining the idea of, oh, maybe there's an inversion just for the sprint race. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you do that. They were sort of like, they weren't sold on it but they were like entertaining it at least and I said no 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 Jordan's talking about an inversion for the Grand Prix and you could just see like you could just see the British leave Luke's body for a minute like <laughs> he suddenly realized he was at a very American dinner with a very American perspective NASCAR writer. yes and it was like 
okay, that's a shockingly, that's too much, too much. By the way, I don't know if you saw in, in our, in our writer's post-race coverage today, but from F1, but those, first of all, I thought the driver intros at F1 today were spectacular. I thought it was freaking awesome. They had a 30 piece orchestra. They had LL Cool J bringing them out. Like they had all this like hype and it felt like a big deal right the drivers didn't like it did you see these comments but they don't like anything they're they're, lando george they did not like it they thought it was too american too over the top ah come on guys it's like it's that to me is like just stop like just let them let them do the intros how you want you want to and i get it like you want to be focused you want to be game based on that's fine but just it's fine like just Stop. Just stop complaining. Stop being a stick in the mud. Yeah. Just, it's, I know. it's okay to like I'm a traditionalist. I really believe I really am at my core. But it's okay to like break away from a little bit and do it a little bit different. It's like it just it, don't be boring. Like it's okay to freshen things up. Yeah. Especially when you're in the US. It's not like they were especially in the, they, no, like, they were Silverstone doing this. No, like you know? a year ago where they had to wear the helmets onto the podium, that was stupid. Like that's that's too far. That's ridiculous. Like that's beyond asinine. This like stop. This was cool. This was like, this, like I don't know how you can watch this. And be like I wish my racing series did that. That's pretty damn cool. Also, I mean, there was a nice moment where uh, Martin Brundle and uh, Paolo Banchero reunited. Uh, he knew he wasn't Pat Mahomes this time, and like that was cool. It was like a nice full circle thing. So uh, the, I, I really liked the F one pre race stuff today, and um, you know, then the first couple laps, and then. You know, Max wins again. There you go. Nothing against uh, Max. I, people think I don't like Max. Just that it's not that it's, it's not the case. I just would like to see other people win. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to see the same person win every week. It's yeah. boring. Championships can be over long before Vegas. Oh, yes. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up from here. Um, obviously, thank you guys for listening. Is there anything else I forgot, Jordan? Or anything? No, okay. that's great, man. You did great. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, well, Jordan will be at Darlington next week for the official throwback weekend. Lame, in my opinion. It should be to Southern 500, but we can talk about that another time. Keep this. Why do I got to separate the throwback from Southern 500? Just kidding. Yeah. You know why. Throw I know. Money. I know. Anyway, uh, yeah. And then two weeks from now, we'll North be at North Wilkesboro. All right. My birthday, too, by the way. Your I hope you bring yeah. North Wilkesboro? Yeah, weekend. Yeah. Race 20th. day? Uh, Saturday night. Saturday night. Oh my gosh. And we're going to be driving. We're going to be carpooling back and yeah. forth from the track late. Mm-hmm. So we should is, go, is we the should truck go race that, that night? night? Truck race is that night. We should go out that night after, after the race is over. We go celebrate in my birthday. North Wilkesboro. Well, not, not definitely not in North Wilkesboro. Oh. Absolutely not. There's okay. nowhere to go in North Wilkesboro. Okay. But I'm sure we can find somewhere uh, in the Charlotte area and go out. So like two in the morning or something. We need to, well, no, I mean, the truck race should be done by 10, and we get out of there, and, well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be like, the there. traffic? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we get a helicopter. We get, like, the athletic against the helicopter. Well, Denny just won some money. He'll, you know, he'll be in a helicopter. He can we do a live podcast. We could, we could, like, merge our podcast and do, like, one big, mega podcast in a helicopter. On the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's go back to the important thing. So, we're going out for my birthday Saturday night. All right, should we? You want to invite people? Should, you want to invite the listeners? We should do like a thing. We could do like a listener. Thing. Yeah, if we go out Saturday night and listeners are out there, we, if we go out, we don't know how this. You know, we don't know what work events are going on. You know, like wait, but can we on. sleep in on Sunday morning? Like, is it is this also race is a Sunday night race, right? 
yeah, Sunday night. Yeah, um, I look at it. I want to be on the road by like 11.30 on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Well, right, no, I might because like, traffic's going to be... So we're going to do like a 2 a.m. listener party? We're going to go like Big Owls like the DBC guys go to or something? Let's do it. I'm down. All right. You guys give us some ideas where we can go. I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about hey, it. Hey, we'll do some green tea, Jeff. Green tea shop. Dude, Jordan, Jordan in Miami Beach, in South Beach, <laughs> he's like ordering... Okay, so speaking of birthdays, I promise I'll end the podcast after this. So Luke Smith... Like our, our F1 writer, right? I mean, this guy, he's going to every F1 race this year. He is so freaking good. Um, he, he is just a machine and, and the stuff he's churning out. He, and what's crazy is he started being an F1 writer like age 18, basically. He's been doing this for 10 years already. So we're, I was asking him like, oh, you know, about his age and how long he's been doing this. And he says, it's actually my birthday today when we were doing the staff meeting. So I was like, oh, my gosh. Which was, I was, we were, no, we were sitting at post-race or post-meeting and we were yeah. having a drink. But by the way, I had my computer out and was working. I think it's important to note this. Well, I wasn't working. Why would I work? When we were, I, was, I was working on my North We were, we were at a poolside bar. And I was working at the poolside bar. I just want well, to point that shouldn't. out. You shouldn't. You should relax. Chill, man. Anyway, Luke reveals it's his birthday. None of us knew. So Jordan immediately goes up to the bar and orders these green tea shots, which I, I assume other people are familiar with because I'm not very good at knowing all the drinking lingo like Jordan is because um, the, the bartender already knew what they were. And he brings these things. Uh, they're like, what is it? Peach schnapps and Peach all sorts schnapps, of stuff Jameson. in there. Yeah, a little bit of sour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, uh, it was very lovely. It was very good. Um, very delicious. These shots. I mean, I did not drink it as a shot. I drank it as like a, <laughs> a cup of coffee where I was like sipping it every so often, uh, <laughs> and I eventually got through it. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you want to come have green tea shots with Jordan for his birthday at some undisclosed location in the Charlotte area, very late night after the Norks Pro Truck Race. Well, memories are made, Jeff. So memories are made. <laughs> That'll be our listener party. So, Look all right. forward to it. Absolutely. Okay. We'll do right. it. Everybody, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on <laughs> The Teardown. Down. <laughs>